Well, hello there, babes, and welcome back to the Babe Cave. This is another episode of Your Place or Mine, and I'm your host, Bay Savage. Hey, it's great to see you again. Spoiler alert, I look smoking hot today. I am radiating sexuality. I had an incredible photo shoot today that I don't know when this episode is going to come out, so I don't want to share a lot of details because I have to keep some things kind of quiet. But it's going to be big, and it's really exciting, and it's launching early January. So if I'm putting this episode out after that's happened, then, like, it's awesome. I'm so excited. So what I want to talk about in this episode is a bit of a follow-up to an early episode where I talked about how I found my way to non-monogamy. And what I want to talk about in this episode is some of the influential men who I dated over the past six years. And in the last episode, I talked about how I only have really like had two boyfriends in my life, really. But I had a lot of other men that I dated for anywhere from a few months to a year plus that were really influential experiences. And I think really helped to shape and evolve how I view connecting with other people. And I think I've dated a lot of people, like I've fraternized with a lot of people, and a lot of them have ended poorly or just ended. They've all ended. I'm single as fuck right now. (laughs) But I think it's really important when a relationship comes to an end to be able to look back and reflect on the positives that came out of it and the things that I learned. And this group of men who we're going to chat about uh, on this podcast are what I have now referred to as the influential eight. (laughs) And that basically is just the eight men that I've dated who have really impacted and like somewhat altered how I view relationships. And some, some of it's more of an emotional connection, some of it's more about sex and what that did for my confidence and a lot of different things. But I think walking through these eight different men who I had these really intense experiences with helps to paint a fuller picture of Jesse, Bay Savage, um, all of the parts of who I am. Okay, so for timeline, this is when I'm still dating Justin. Sorry, still married to Justin. <laughs> a little more than dating. Married to Justin. One of the first long-term secondary partners I had was a guy we'll call Mike. And I hooked up with Mike for almost a year, so quite a long period of time. And we met on Tinder, matched, and he was super cute. He was kind of like nerdy hot, had glasses, um, like taller than me, really nice hair. In his photos, he had really nice arms. I'm like a sucker for nice arms, like muscular arms. So we had chatted back and forth. He was living out in Etobicoke. And when we connected, I think we tried to meet up a couple of times. It took us a little while to hang out. And he had reached out to me one night at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock on like a weeknight and asked if I wanted to hang out and he was free. And I think I had plans that night, but they had fallen through. It's like the story of my life. And so I was like, fuck it. Yeah, like I'll hang out with this guy. So he had offered for me to just come over. And (laughs) this is not in like, this was still early in me dating people. So I was being hyper cautious, which everyone should always be. (laughs) Uh, Just a note for all of you. Don't just go to strangers' homes. That's a recipe for disaster. And I think it was like a Tuesday, so we couldn't even go out for a drink because it was like 10 o'clock and nowhere was open. So I was like, look, like I want to see you. This sounds fun. You seem sweet, but I'm not just coming to your house, so 
I don't know what to do. And he had offered to come pick me up. It's like, I'm not going to get in your car. (laughs) Like, that's not better. But, like, thank you for offering to come get me. So we decided we would do, like, a walk. Um, It wasn't too cold outside, so we're like, let's just, like, wander around the neighborhood a bit. So, honestly, when I'm thinking back to it, I can't really remember the walk. So, like, I feel like we walked, but maybe it was, like, a very short walk. Just, like, do you seem like a murderer? No. Okay, I'll get in your car. <laughs> it's, like, my, my quick, it's, like, a reference check for a job. So, anyways, got in his car, went to his place, and, first of all, way hotter in person than in his photos. His photos did not do him justice. And he looked cute in his photos, but he went from, like, nerdy cute to nerdy hot so really nice place like an actual adult had like (laughs) his own apartment that was really nice and we I think we just like watched Netflix or something in his bed and like talked for a while and then started making out and it was super hot and this again was still in the early days when I hadn't really had sex with a lot of people I had not had good sex with any people (laughs) not that I never had good sex with my husband but in the grand scheme of things when I've learned what my body is capable of they were fairly unimpressive times mostly in comparison but at the time it was fun not saying that Justin was bad in bed he had a huge cock (laughs) and that was wonderful so anyways Mike and I hooked up this first night and it was so hot so hot. He went down on me for time. He, oh my God, took his shirt off. Not only nice arms, beautiful body, like gorgeous. And holy shit, he made me come so hard, harder than I had before with anyone or on my own. And immediately I was like, I think I have feelings for this person. Because I hadn't yet figured out how to separate what this was. And it was like, oh my God, my vagina is very much into this. Like what's going on? And so we had this incredible sex. It was super hot. And then we like cuddled for a while. Like I stayed pretty late and then I went home. I think he drove me home and it was really nice. And he messaged me later that night and the next day. And we just, we had really good chemistry. It was really fun. So the next night he sent me a message and he was like, hey, is it too soon to see you again? (laughs) Which was really sweet that he was excited to see me again. And I didn't have plans, so I was like, is this okay? And I think I was going back to the rules of my open relationship. Like, we hadn't really talked about frequency and, like, two nights in a row. But Justin was busy that night, and so I was like, yeah, fuck it. He was cool with it. I was cool with it. So I saw Mike again. And again, amazing sex. (laughs) Second time. So good. So we kept doing that for a while, and it stayed very casual, Um, We actually ended up, like, we worked out together a bunch. I helped, like, write him a program because I used to be in the fitness industry. And it was like, yeah, I'll write you a program and just help you continue to be even hotter than you already are. Like, I'm fine with it. And it was fun. And that was the first, that was really my first other relationship. And I'm using air quotes because it wasn't a relationship. We were just fucking. Like, it was friends with benefits. But he was a really good dude. And we had fun. And we laughed about a lot of stuff. And... It was overall a really positive experience. And I think that went on until when Justin and I decided to separate and I sent 
Micah message after maybe, I don't know, like a few weeks. And I was like, hey, just a heads up, this is what's going on. Because obviously a big part of ethical non-monogamy is being transparent and honest and open about what's going on in your situation. So I gave him a heads up and he immediately was like, okay, but like just, like I I don't want to get into anything serious. (laughs) I was like, okay, fucking chill, dude. (laughs) Like I've been not married for a minute. (laughs) I'm not interested in getting into a relationship with you. But I get it. So we still hooked up a few more times, but I feel like things fizzled. Um, And honestly, I don't even remember exactly why. It didn't end abruptly. It wasn't like a bad ending. It just ended. And I think a lot of non-monogamous relationships work that way, where there isn't like a hard cutoff. Like 85% of the partnerships I've been in have just fizzled. So either like we lose the spark or we lose the fire or someone's situation changes. So like they get into a monogamous relationship that's happened a lot of times. Because <laughs> I just like to date men who aren't actually non-monogamous or just like trying it on for size. <laughs> so normally they do just kind of fizzle and fade out, which is kind of nice because nobody has to get dumped. You can just like decide to stop talking. <laughs> so it works out okay. So Mike was the first. Second man of influence was, we're going to call him Brad. And Brad was the hottest man I ever had sex with. Uh, I had had sex with at that point. And in the grand scheme of things, he's still probably like top five. Honestly, maybe even top three. No, top five. Top five. Sorry, Brad. But Brad was hot. Hot, hot, hot. Brad was also the first black guy I ever had sex with. And... We also met on Tinder. He was looking for casual. That was fine. So was I. This is when I was like single-ish for the first time and like just getting into my harder hoe phase. And I matched with him and it was a little bit like, you are too hot for this. Like you, he is too hot. And I honestly never thought we would meet up. My confidence then wasn't quite what it is now. It was close, but I was still like, no, this isn't going to work out. He's way too pretty. So we went on a date. He didn't live that far from me. <laughs> Fun fact, I never found out where he actually lived. He never told me, which is weird. And like, I know that was just him staying casual. And that was part of his like, I don't know, security. Like I'm going to show up at his house. Like, no, but no, to this day, I never figured out where he lived, but he always came to me and that's fine. Uh, dick delivery is always a preference. So we had this really great date at this super cute little bar that used to be in the junction called Passenger. Uh, Like, shout out if anybody knows Passenger. It was amazing. It was was like my go-to local spot for a really long time before it closed. And met a lot of really great people there. So we had this great date and just clicked great chemistry right away. We could poke fun at each other and it was, he was just, he was so sexy and... I literally could just sit and listen to him talk because I was just so into it. So when we met up, it was also a weeknight and it was pretty late. And I think I worked early in the morning. So he wanted to come back to my place, obviously. And I wanted him to come back to my place, obviously, because he was smoking hot. But I decided to be responsible. And the responsible side of myself decided that, like, no, I do want to see this guy again. I have to work early. It's just, like, it's not the time. So he was a gentleman. He was like, yeah, totally. I totally understand. And he went home. He sent me a text like right after being basically like, hey, I know that like responsible Jesse 
knew this was the right deal, but like I irresponsible Brad wanted to fuck you. <laughs> and that felt really nice because he was so hot. So I saw him not long after and babes, babes, this was some good sex. <laughs> like, I, like I still get myself off to some of the memories that I created with Brad. <laughs> and that was a long time ago. And I don't know how long, I don't remember how long we fucked. Um, like it might've been close to like nine months to a year. And oh my God, there was just, so f- first of all, he's beautiful. Again, reiterated, a uh, fantastic penis. <laughs> Again, first time with black dick, five stars, hundred percent. And we just like the chemistry that we had in bed was fucking electric. And I think because I had a, had such great sex with Mike and I like knew what great sex could be, when I started having sex with Brad, it was like that, but Brad was dominant, like dominant. And that was the first time I experienced dominance. And that was the first time my submissive side was like, oh, <laughs> okay, hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in. So we had, some, we had a lot of fun. Um, that was also the first time I got into role play. He was really into this role play we did together where I was like his like sexy slutty wife who would like fuck everyone in the neighborhood while he was at work. And that was a lot of fun to play around with. I would like tell him stories. And some of them were like real stories of other guys I was having sex with. And that was like really fiery and really cool. And yeah, he just like, it was just, it was really, really great. The sex was so good. And he made me come really hard. And that was really the first time I started getting into a lot of, I guess both Mike and him were the, the precursors to me understanding what multiple orgasms was all about. And there was a lot of that there. And that was really cool. So the next chapter um, that we move on to of the next man of influence was someone we'll call Marcus. And Marcus fucked with me. A little bit. Um, he was, he worked at like a little shop in my area. And I went in all the time. He was from England and he had a super hot accent. He was a little bit older than me. He was a beautiful man. And he just like could really rock a fucking like white v-neck tee. That's <laughs> just like his staple look. And he was so hot. And I had a crush on him for like six months and it was just from seeing him around the neighborhood and I like never shot my shot. I didn't make a move. And one night I went out to like one of my local watering holes and I walk into the bar and like, I know the girl that's working with a bartender there and there's nobody in there except one other guy. She's talking to this guy. So I walked in uh, and again, it was like a Tuesday, all of these experiences. I only meet amazing men on Tuesdays, I guess. So I walked in and I realized it was him and I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) And I was already a little bit lit. I think I had had some drinks beforehand. And so I came in confident and hot. And I was like, okay. So we got drunk. And a few more people ended up kind of filtering in throughout the night. But me and him spent the night talking. And after a whole bunch of drinks and a bunch of flirting and loads of chemistry, um, he was like, hey, so confession. I have had a thing for you for a while. (laughs) I was like, fuck me. (laughs) I've had a thing for you for like six months. And so I had sex with him <laughs> that night. I went home with him and we were too drunk. And honestly, like, I don't know if the sex was good, but 
I woke up and like turned over and it was like, oh my God, the hot English man is, I'm in hot English man's bed. <laughs> like what is going on? And yeah, I had stayed the night and we talked in the morning and I was like, look, like this is obviously really fun, but I don't remember most of it. So can we like maybe go on a date sometime? And he was like, yeah, of course. So we made plans for the weekend after, like following and had this amazing first date. We went to this little bar in Ronsi and drank a bunch on the patio. And there ended up being this little bachelorette party that was there of like three women. Uh, remember sitting on patios and like talking to other people and like joking with other tables? Anyways, so there's these three girls and they were, it was like this big table out front of this bar. And so we were kind of all sitting together. So they ended up like giving us penis straws to like celebrate with them. And we ended up playing Never Have I Ever with them. And it was a fucking riot. We drank on this patio for like five hours, went back to his place and just, I was so comfortable with him. And I immediately connected with him and it wasn't just that he was hot. Like I liked him. And I think initially with Mike, when I was like, oh, I think I might have emotional connection here, that didn't last. It passed quite quickly. But with Marcus, like, there was something there. And I did like him. And I started crushing on him pretty early. And we built this really cool relationship. So we dated for, like, again, I think it was like a year. And obviously things didn't work out. (laughs) because I'm no longer with him, and the universe had other choices, but I fell in love with him, Uh, and at the time, I was dating Calvin as a primary partner, so Marcus was a secondary partner, and that was the first time that I fell in love with somebody else, and that was a wildly influential learning experience, just really leaning into what non-monogamy is all about and polyamory is all about, I think when I talked about that poly scale earlier, like this really shifted me up the scale where I realized that I do have the capacity to connect on a loving connection with more than one person. And it didn't take anything away from my love and my relationship with Calvin, but it was different and wonderful. And he was a really, really good guy. And then he decided to move back to Europe. And that was the end. And it was hard. And honestly, Mourning the end of a relationship when you're in another relationship is really, really complicated. And I learned a lot about myself and how I connect with people in that time. And that was really hard on Calvin, like for him to understand how I was dealing with this hurt and this loss, but still very connected to him. And yeah, it's messy and it's complicated. And that's what non-monogamy is. But it was a really incredible connection. And Obviously, it didn't work out, and there's a lot more history that went into or, like, that happened after Marcus moved that we're not going to get into at this point, maybe in the future, but um, I wish him nothing but the best. I'm like, I don't want to go into that too much. So this is going to be a part one and part two because I can't fit talking about all eight of these influential men in 30 minutes. I think that when I first started getting hurt. (laughs) Like when the first real longer term, even casual connection ended and that sucks, like getting broken up with sucks. I'd never been broken up with. I was like still with my husband and I didn't know what a breakup felt like or rejection really felt like. And 
it feels like shit. It doesn't feel good. So as soon as the first person I tried to date or tried to casually see or whatever, it didn't work out and ended badly, I decided that I needed to ensure I was learning from these experiences. And I've always been a very reflective person. I think when things go wrong, I do, like, my first thought is to go back and say, okay, like, what part did I play in this situation? Um, Like, what could I have done differently to give me a different outcome? But then also, what is the universe trying to teach me? What lesson is there in this situation? And I think if you want to try and date anywhere at any time, like, you need to be able to reflect on some of the shit that goes down because it's obviously not all sunshine and rainbows. And yeah, you're allowed to have shitty experiences and not take anything from them. That's fine. But if you're going to have a bunch of shitty experiences or keep making mistakes or keep connecting with the wrong people, I think it can help the optimist in me and the positive human in me to be able to look back at these as lessons. And it helps to color these ended relationships in a much more positive light when I can see the good things that came from it. So when I look at what I took from my relationship with Mike, that was, he was the first person that I kind of opened up with and he taught me that I could connect and have a long-term casual secondary partnership with someone really wonderful and it didn't have to have emotional connection It could have really great sex, but we became friends. And that really taught me, A, great sex is possible. B, you can have great sex with someone that you're not in love with. You can have better sex than someone you're in love with. Sorry, Justin. But that was a big learning curve for me. And then when I look at what I learned from Brad, Brad taught me what I, like, what my body deserved. (laughs) I think my situation with Brad was very validating. And I've talked about this before. Should you get all your validation from men? No, obviously not. When you're figuring all this shit out for the first time and someone very, very hot wants to have sex with you on a regular basis, that's awesome. (laughs) Confidence through the roof. So I think Brad taught me, first of all, I don't want to say what I deserved. I think he helped to increase my standards and show me that I was this amazing, hot, hot bombshell of a blonde that deserved to have hot men spend a lot of time with my naked body and give me a bunch of orgasms. And I didn't need to settle And not that the men I'd been with before had been unattractive. Like, I'm super shallow, guys. Like, I I only have sex with very attractive people. And, yeah, okay, that's who I am. But Brad was so hot that I was like, yeah, I can fuck hot men on a regular basis and have great sex with tons of orgasms and get great dick. And that was really important. And that did wonderful things for my confidence. Marcus obviously taught me a lot about love and about connection and also about great sex. It was romance and it was nice. And 
showed that men could have an emotional connection with someone that wasn't a primary partner. And in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it worked out because he didn't want to be a secondary partner. And unfortunately, our timing was shit. And then the timing got even worse in the future. But at the end of the day, non-monogamy teaches you a lot of lessons. And some of them hurt and some of them are shit. But they help you grow and evolve and learn what you want. And obviously, sometimes we got to make some mistakes. And we need to lean a little bit more into what that looks like. And those were the first three of the influential eight. So the second part's coming. It's going to be shorter because there are, there's more people, but they were less, not less important, different. So babes, thank you so much for listening into the episode today. Um, I had a lot of really, really great feedback when I shared kind of my first episode about my history with non-monogamy and my relationships in the past. And I think it's starting a lot of really interesting conversations with other people. And I just appreciate you all being open and vulnerable and honest with me when you have opinions or comments about what's going on, because we're all just trying to figure this out. And obviously I still haven't. And I think most people haven't, but I encourage you to take the time to reflect on the partners you've had in the past, if you haven't, and understand some of the positives that came from it. Because I think there's a difference between looking back with rose-colored glasses on someone that was bad to you or bad for you versus a situation that hurt and you might not look back on it because it's painful But if you can reflect on a lot of the positives that came from that relationship, it can allow you to look back and reminisce in a really positive way. And also maybe look back and reminisce in a sexy way and like fucking get off again to the thought of it because you get to keep those memories forever. Not nudes though. If you have nudes, get rid of them if the relationship is over. (laughs) All right. That is it for today's episode of Your Place or Mine. Once again, I'm your host, Bay Savage. Thanks so much for joining me here in the Babe Cave. And I'll be back, back again with another episode next Sunday. Let's be friends on Insta at BaySavageXO. And you can find me on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Thanks, babes. Love ya.